Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. What's happening? I want to thank a couple people. Who serves in this house? Raise your hand if you serve. Now look, at, look around. This is how the church was built. This is how the church was built. Where's my young adults at? High school. Junior high. Any kids church people get in here? All right. Now like Big Ten football, I root for everybody, but I get really excited when Minnesota wins because that's my team. That's where I play. So thank you very much. Now you guys can take a seat. Take a seat. Thank you so much. Now. I got to honor Pastor Jurgen and Leanne before we get started. This whole thing was built on their platform, and anybody that comes across this stage is blessed by them. So give them a round of applause. Thank you. Now, of course, maybe not know this, but John and Becky, Pastor John and Pastor Becky, regional pastors, pretty much every campus launched from the mothership under Balboa. So imagine every time you get really good at something, they take your top 25 people away. And you got to start over again. That's basically what Pastor John and Becky have done over the years. And don't forget that. When you meet them, see them, bless them, because you might be launching the next campus with them. <laughs> now, last but not least, I have to bless and honor my wife. 26 years. <laughs> We've been together 26 years. Um, that's more you got for life. So I don't know if she gets paroled soon or she's going to be around for a while. But pray for, pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor. Now, before we get too far, I know it's Thanksgiving Eve. Anybody have anything in the smoker? Anybody roasting anything in the brine? Okay, good, good. All right, all right. Some of you guys are ready. Some of you guys cook like I cook. But I know Pastor Charles touching this. Sometimes this is a tough time for some people. Now, I just want to pray for people right now. If you don't have to stand anything, just put your hand in your heart right now. If this is a tough season for you, if this is a time that reminds you of the things you didn't get done this year, or the family members sharpening your ear about, oh, you're still doing that, mm-hmm. Maybe that's just my house, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so those people, I just want to pray real quick for you. Father God, bless these people with peace, with understanding, with love that can come from heaven and only heaven, that you give them honor, that you love on them, that give them dreams tonight, to show them the things that you still have in store for them in their lives, that they may enter this holiday season with joy and peace, that there be no more lack. I cancel every lie from the devil, spirit of confusion, spirit of intimidation. I break you right now. You have no place in these people's lives, no place in their hood. Devil, stop the whispers now. No more whispers of sleep. No more night terrors. I break you that all off of you right now in Jesus' name and release peace and love into your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now we can start. <laughs> so tonight is about evangelism. What's that mean? That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Now, I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. So you're going to hear a lot of stories and hear a couple Bible verses on the way. <laughs> so what I want you to leave tonight is feeling encouraged and empowered, that you actually have something to offer, that you are the light. So what I named this message is be the light. You are the light. You're the one you're the light of the world. You're the one that can enter a place and change everything. 
the minute you walk in, things change. And you guys got to know that about you. And once you get a grip on that and understand that's what you're about, it makes it really easy. And one thing to keep in mind, and I, I need you to just sit on this for a second, you might be the person that nudges that person on the path, puts them back on the path of Jesus, that seventh person that finally asked them to go to church and now they're going to go, the person that's like, oh, I was just thinking about that and now you just asked me about it. Just remember that as, you're, as I'm talking through this, you're going to names and faces or things are going to come to you as we talk through the night. Just write them down as we go. So I'm going to open with the first verse, Matthew 28, 19, 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, why did I start there? We're not talking about discipleship, right? But guess what? I've coached a lot of kids. I ran some businesses. If you start at the end and work your way backwards to the beginning, it seems that they'd be really successful. So I'm going to do. Tonight's the first step, which is evangelism. Now, I'm not talking about the standing on a box with a megaphone. You praise Jesus. Come meet your Savior. I was at Colorado with my sons, and this guy was doing that. I'm like, I don't, does that work? Does that mean, I'm 320, so for me, that'd be, you know, I don't think that's going to work. Or running people down and be like, do you know where you're going to go tonight if you die? You're going to go to heaven or hell? It's like, (laughs) you know? (laughs) You tell me, Mr. Prophet Man, Mr. Evangelist. Right? That doesn't really work. That's not how Awaken was built. Awaken was built much different than that. And if that works for you, great. Good, but keep doing it. But what I really want to do is just be the invitation. Be that light. Can you be a person that says, hey, here's the nudge you needed. Here's that little bump to get you back on track and get you in a church with tons of resources and tons of people that care about them and put them on track. Everybody here can probably think of some way this church has changed them. And why not share that with everybody, right? Everybody needs to get a piece of that. I'm going to talk about four areas of their life that you're most likely engaged with people where you can be that light. And I'm going to start with the least connection and work our way all the way up to the most connection, which is family. Um, so, you know, you meet someone new. You're like, oh, I like football. Oh, you like football. Let's talk about football. Oh, you like pie? I don't like pie. I like cake. Well, let's talk about cake. You try to find that, like, natural connection, right? Oh, sorry, those are three of my favorite things, just for the record. Hence why I'm 320. Um, so what's funny is you've traveled internationally, and I'm a Chicagoan, and most people don't claim to be close or nice to Chicago, right? But guess what? Every time, last time I was in Singapore, overseas, anywhere, oh, you're from Chicago? I'm from Nebraska, we're in the Midwest. I'm like, that would never happen back home. You'd be like, Chicago, they'd be like checking their pockets. I was like, that's not, but guess what? That commonality, that common theme, that look for connection is in everybody. Every person you run into is looking for that little connection. So if that connection could be Jesus, even better. So this happened to me, I'll tell a story, but general public. I'm at the store, grocery store. This is when my sons were still here before Coach Prime took the honor of feeding them for us. Thank God. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Thank you for scholarships. Um, but I had to feed them at this time. So I'm at the store. I have all this food. The lady's like, oh, my gosh. I said, yeah, I have teenage boys at home. She's like, how are you going to cook that? How are you going to cook this? I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. She's like, I got to get that recipe. I'm like, I'm not a recipe guy. I just cook. I don't know how recipes really work. <laughs> I have no idea. I was like, sure. And, she, and I noticed she had a Coachella shirt on, and I had done that contract. I ran all the, I do low voltage, did a bunch of the cabling out there at Coachella. I said, oh, Coachella. 
It was, which, was, what year was that from? She's like, oh, that's from this year. I was like, you like live music? She's like, oh, I love live music. I was like, I got a great show for you to go to. It's amazing. It's right up here. You, ever, you know Scrooge, right? She's like, oh, yeah, Scrooge, yeah. Well, it's a backstory of Scrooge. I'm telling her about the live music, the theater, all the stuff. And I say, now, I'm going to tell you it's at a church. And I just wait for the response. I'm just waiting. I'm like, okay, she's going to be like, oh, no. One of those guys. Like, no, she was like, oh, a church, really? And I was like, yeah, it's up in San Marcos. Sorry, Marcos. I'm learning. My brother's name is Marcus. So when I say Mark, it ends in is. Marcus. I'm learning Marcos slowly. Sorry. But anyway, I said, oh, the Ashley. And she said immediately, the Ashley Furniture Building. I'm like, oh, you know that church. I'm like, yeah. She's like, I've driven by and seen it. I didn't know what it was about. And I was like, oh, you got to come to the show. I will be there Friday with my family, and I'll be there Saturday with my coworkers. You should come check it out. And we had the little packet things back then. And, of course, I'm strapped. I give her one. <laughs> Bam. You ready? Now she gets her bit. And I, actually, no, now, I don't know if she showed up, but I did my part. I took an opportunity to go that next step. So in the public, what do you have to be? You have to be approachable. Be approachable. Now, sorry, I'm talking about food a lot tonight. Shocking. But if you ever go to the mall, you ever been to the mall and you walk through and you all of a sudden you're like, is that Cinnabon? <laughs> That's Cinnabon. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got a six pack walking down trying to figure out where you're going to hide it in your car so your wife doesn't find it because there's only two left. And now you're like, oh, man, what happened? Well, guess what? What happened was you caught an aroma of something. You caught something that interested you. You caught something that was like, I want to know more about that. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and consume that. Right? So if you're approachable, if you have light in your life, if you're a person that exudes joy, especially in this economy, this market, this time of doom and gloom, people are going to naturally drift towards you. They want to know what does this guy have What's different about him? What is he saying? Now, I also coach wrestling. Whew. If you open a wrestling room after practice, that smell has a color. <laughs> that's, that's odier. That's not odor. That's odier. That's serious. Now, guess what? I find if you follow me in the wrestling room afterwards, you've got problems. I don't think you want to be following. you attracted to that stink. That's, you don't want to be a part of that. And guess what? If you got a stinky inside... You're a person walking around like Scrooge, looking like you're mad at the world or looking at your phone the whole time, never looking to engage. Guess what? That's, people are going to drift away from you. Nobody wants that stank on them. They're going to go away every time. So as you get towards, as you get outside, just listen for that opportunity. Listen for that way to engage. Pastor Becky's the master. There's nobody better than Pastor Becky. Listen to her message. She's literally scoping, trying to find a thing to say about their clothes or shoes or comment, whatever. I'm a you know, shoe guy. Like my man over here, Andy Buzzy. So I'll notice people's shoes. I'll notice clothes. I notice shirts. I'm a, I, one of my biggest customers is the largest silk screen in the world. So I notice logos. That's, so I'm like, oh, where did you get that? And find a way to engage. Because people are looking to engage. They're not running backwards as far as you think. And we make it easy to invite people, especially this time of season. You saw those shows. Those shows are serious. Those are easy things to tell people about, easy things to get people to church. So I'm going to um, Hebrews 13.2, my next verse. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. 
For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. You never know who you're engaging with. You never know that person, that next person. I can't tell you how many people I've seen in the church or in other communities where like, oh, you coach my brother, you coach my son, you, I, you, I took your class, I met this person, I know you this way, and I'm like, I have no idea who you are, I'm sorry, but nice to meet you, what's going on, let's have a conversation and try to engage with that public. That's how I do it. Good? All right, next people, next people. Sports are a big one, hobbies, clubs, things that you have some commonality already. You all showed up in the same place for something. Whether it's, I don't know, people rock climb, I think people rock, I don't know, you, you comment, I don't know, sure. Chess club for me, coding club, land parties, hackathons, and football and wrestling, weird, I know, I'm sorry. Do a lot of weird different stuff, but those things all, somebody, there's affinity that naturally we all came to do something together. Now, I used to coach at a private school locally and went to a public school to coach. Now, I'll tell you this story because I want to tell you how not to do it, but how to redeem it, okay? It's not, it doesn't have to be perfect every time. Now, my first time I'm coaching this school, I get the whole line, those are my tubbies, I love those guys, and I'm like telling a story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego. And I'm like, hey, these guys are brothers, they stuck together, adversity came, they didn't turn their back, they played for the honor on the back of their jersey, the pride of the front of their jersey, you can do this too. Fire came, those guys came out as leaders, we're not scared of any 10 point lead, we're gonna go out and knock these guys their butt and go score, let's go. And the kid's like, what movie is that from? I want to, that's amazing. I'm like, and here, I look around, and I catch a couple glimpses of the coaches and a couple of the kids, and they're all like, don't do it, dude. Please don't say Bible, please. So I pulled my Homer Simpson into the bush, and I was like, it's a really good book I like to read. <laughs> I got intimidated. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know. It was my first time coach. I'd never been at this school. I didn't know what was going to happen. I'd been in a Christian school where would stop, practice, and pray for people. But now I'm in a public school, and from my experience, that wasn't allowed there. So it beat me up for a while. But what I did the rest of that season, I purposely, intently found ways to personally engage with kids. I pulled that kid aside later. I was like, hey, man, that's actually from the Bible. He's like, the Bible Bible? I'm like, yeah, the Bible Bible. Right? So I took that time to show that kid. So in those areas, in the team sport club, what do you have to be? An encourager. Just be an encourager. Be someone that's different. You're, you're a great teammate. You're a great partner. You're a great person to be around. You know all the rules. You know what you're supposed to do. You do what you're asked to do for your team and support what you're asked to do. Everybody do their job, right? That's what most teams win if everybody's doing their job. When you start to look left and right, especially in the field, that's when you start to lose. So as you're kind to these people and dependable and become different, you'll automatically be like, oh, that person's different. There's light on them that I don't see in other people on my team. There's something about them, and now you have a way to engage those people. So now what do I get to do? I get to tell them about my city back then. Hey, guys, when the season's over, Friday nights, there's another cool club. Anybody want to go? It's called, you don't know, have to be smart about it. It's a public school, but I didn't shy away anymore. I found a way to weave my back in. It almost like made me mad that I'd given up, so it just made me that more encouraged. So if you're in those situations, you know like right now you're thinking of something, oh, man, I messed that one up. I could have done something different. There's redemption. Yeah. 
You can go right back on Friday or Monday and be like, hey, here's my Night of Christmas packets. Here's my Twisted packets. I didn't get a chance to tell you about this great show. You guys should be fine. This is going to be awesome. You guys should be here and get that chance to tell them again. It's not too late. Jesus is worth eating a little crow and going back, right? Amen? Amen. Now, and I'll say this because Pastor Becky said this morning again. Remember there's lives at stake. There's people's families, legacies, all of the things are at stake for you. And you can be that one person, you're going to hear this a lot, that does that nudge. That one person that's like, that's why I came to church. That's why I decided to come in here. So next verse, Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider how we spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Be that kind of teammate. Be that kind of partner. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, this group, work and school. Everybody usually has to go to work. Even post-COVID, some of you guys are back in offices. No matter what, you're engaging with work. My schoolmates over here, you got some school kids over here? Nobody's nobody's school? Okay. Somebody needs to talk. We've got to talk about school. PSATs are coming up. Come on, guys. Get serious. I was a teacher. I know. So when you're in these people, you're actually in these interesting relationships because there's a lot of time together. There's a lot of goals. You're up and down, quarterlies, reports, trips, projects. You have this natural connection to kind of drift back and forth. And how do I engage with these people at work because we're not supposed to talk about religion at work. It's a taboo topic that everybody talks about as long as you don't say Jesus, right? <laughs> right? If you don't say Jesus, I was going to, and I always, and I literally, you guys can steal this with me. Oh, I don't talk about religion either. I just talk about relationships. I'm anti-religion too. We're on the same page. So let me tell you about the relationship I have with this Jewish carpenter. He's really cool. You guys, you guys, you'll you want to meet him. I'll tell you all about him. Just let's step outside so the, you know, the bosses are here. So during COVID, it was pretty, um, you know, like I said, a low voltage guy, IT guy. And it got actually pretty busy. There was actually more work because people were working from home. So everybody was doing their office rehab, their TIs and all the things for their, or their houses and their offices. So there's, it, our business got really busy. One of my clients happens to be a billionaire and we have a good relationship and he started giving me more work. So I did this job and he owed me quite a bit of money. <laughs> And, I did, and he took off to wherever where he could eat without a mask. He's like, I'm even going to get my, took off on his plane. He's gone. I'm like, I didn't get paid, though. <laughs> so while he's gone, his assistant says, I have another job twice as big as the last one. I want you guys, he said to award it to you so you guys can go and do the job. I don't have the money to do the second job because I haven't got paid on the first job. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow, all right, let me figure this out. I figured it out, borrowed money, did everything I had to do, got parts, did everything, and I got the job done. Get the second job done. Now it's time. I'm like, okay. I go to the office. Billionaire calls me in. He's just kind of looking at me. He's like, man, when you get to my level, sometimes you just scorch the earth and see who smells like smoke. And I was like, that's the coldest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> wow. And he's like, I purposely tried to screw you over. I purposely wanted to see how you're going to respond because I hear about you Christians 
I hear about all the things you guys claim to be, but my experience is that you guys are all talk. And he's like, and I got a billion dollars to prove me right. What do you got? Could have been intimidating. I could have backed off and be like, look. I said, you know what? That's funny you say that because I feel like I'm only in the room with a guy like you because of my God. I was born to a 15-year-old freshman in the projects of Chicago, and now I'm standing in a room with a billionaire that's around to write me a six-figure check that he owes me. So that's who I got behind me, partner. <laughs> I had to let my little shy town out on him so he knew. Because <laughs> everybody could catch hands. <laughs> Laying hands, guy. What are you talking about? Deshaun, come on, man. <laughs> so in this area, what do you need to be? Distinguished. What is different about you and your other people at work or your customers or your clients or your team, other people there at school? What is so different? What is it about you that's like, hey, I want to be a part of what that guy's doing. I don't know what he's doing. I know how it happened, but I want to be a part of it. At school, I'm talking to you school kids over here. I'm going to talk to you guys. I need eyes up here. I need eyes. I don't have to come down. I'm fast. <laughs> You've never seen 320 run this fast, I'll tell you that. So you're at school. You're in a place right now where they're trying to tell you things about you that aren't true. They're trying to remind you of what you can and can't be when you already are who you are. You don't need any validation from these people. You already have validation from the leaders around you and your parents at home that you are a girl, you are a boy, you are loved, you are cherished, you're a champion, you're a world changer, and no one can take that away from you. You don't have to bow your knee to any of those people. You're empowered, and you can take territory in your school, and we'll be waiting for you up here because one day all of you will be up here running this for us. So I love students. I used to teach physics and calculus and stats and a couple other cool classes. Um, now, one thing, kids, students, eyes up here for a second. And everybody here, your effort, commitment, and consistency are better indicators of your love for Jesus than your performance. You're not going to win every race. You're not going to solve every problem. You're not going to get an A in every class. But what was your effort? What was your consistency? What was your commitment? Because that's what Jesus did. He was like, hey, I got to run my race. I got to go there and get it done for me and my family and get it done. So just don't focus so much on the scoreboard. I know it sounds weird coming from a coach, but I, I can't coach effort. I can't. I've tried. It doesn't work. If you don't want it, I can't want it for you. It's not gonna, I can't do anything for you. So, Colossians 3, 23, 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Amen. My favorite one, family. Ooh, boy. Who brought family here tonight that's never been here? Raise your hand. Nope. Oh, okay, good. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Now, these group of people is always interesting to me because they're the closest one to you, and you didn't get to choose them. <laughs> right? It's like, 
You're a part of that family where I'm a McNally and I'm a Davis no matter what. I'm a half black, half Irishman from the Bronx of Chicago. I got an all Irish side and an all black side, and man, do we have fun. <laughs> very different cultures, very different upbringings, very different conversations in both those crowds, but there was always something that bind us together. That bloodline ran through us, and it was important to us. And despite all the differences and all the things and separation and all the easy ways to segregate each other, somehow we found a way to bind. It's just, that's just, I encourage you to remember that as you're entering these spaces, especially this week, that the enemy is going to try to kill, still destroy your peace. He's going to come after your joy next. And then you become bitter. And then you don't want to go to the thing because now you got to see so-and-so. And I don't want to talk to that person. And remember that time at Easter? All that happens in the driveway. The minute you stand up and walk in that door, peace, joy. I'm light of the world. I'm bringing light to this house right now. This is what I came here to do. So remember that as you get into this, this next season. Now, <laughs> my family's different. I got four aunties, okay? One, Jehovah Witness. One, Harry Krishna. One, black Muslim Farrakhan follower. And one, a Pentecostal tambourine cartwheel <laughs> church at nine hours. On a Sunday, 15 offering messages, prayer on Tuesday, deacon meeting Wednesday. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you know. <laughs> Some of you guys know. So in that place, there's a lot of strong opinions. These are very passionate people about why they're right and why you should join their movement. Right? I remember being very young, and I, I was at... The Farrakhan house. <laughs> and I'm there with my kid, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm 10, 10 or 8 or 9 or 10. I'm at my, my sister and brother with me. My auntie turns on this film, and I didn't know who this dude was. I found out later it's Farrakhan, and he's talking about de democracy. Democracy, the rule of the demon. I'm like, what in the world? I grabbed my brother and sister, walked out, took a bus and a bus, and figured out how to put a dime and get, get the heck out of there. I didn't know what I was doing necessarily. But I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. I knew my sister and brother were not supposed to be in that environment. So sometimes healthy boundaries are okay. Right? Sometimes it's okay to be like, I can honor you as I walk out the door. <laughs> because if I stay here, things are going to get different. And I don't think you want to go here. So be, have some peace over that. That's for somebody out there. Now, in this space, what did I say? What's most important? Honoring. It's such a lack of in this world. Such, everybody wants their truth. Everybody wants their cause. Everybody wants, well, you know, I'm a person that has a black cat and a white Prius, so I want my Facebook group and everybody to know that I've been offended and mad by the gas driving people and the dog lovers. And oh my goodness, how many groups y'all got? How many things like that? This just honor. I don't care. Just honor me. Just love on me. Do the things that you didn't get done to yourself, and that'll bring that peace. Or you can seek problems. But as a light of the world person, I know you want to seek peace. I know, how can you invite that person to church or talk about Jesus or pull them off the corner and be like, hey, man, can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? Did that job ever work out? Did that, whatever happened, did that ever work? How did that, can I pray for you? Can you come to church? Have you got a job? Have you, do you know someone? What can we do? What can we do about this situation? And you guys that live in Christian homes, hey, amen, that's how our house is run. We don't have these kind of problems, thank God. And hopefully you won't 
for long either because you're going to convert everybody in your house because you're the light that's going to change and be the catalyst to make people come to Jesus and come to church in Jesus' name. And it's really important, I want to touch on this for a minute because I've had this quite a bit. And I got reminded of this very recently that Jesus was doubted in his hometown the most. The people that were most familiar with you are the ones that know all your flaws, all your errors, all the mistakes, all the 15 MLMs you tried before you tried this one. Right? They know. They, got, they all know what you've tried, what you've done, and they can remind you of those things. At some point, though, you have to be like, I'm not Simon anymore. I'm Peter now. <laughs> and so when you guys are talking about Simon, I don't know who this dude is. And this is personal for me because and my wife knows what you call my last name tells me where I know you from. I don't use the same name I use in Chicago for reasons, real reasons. So when you say that name to me, I'm like, uh-oh, that's somebody that knows me as Simon. They know me a lot different than Andre Pastor Johnson. They know me as the McNally Davis boys from Cabrini Green Projects. That's a different kind of kid than the kid that they're seeing up here on the stage and praying about these kids up here. So I can either drift back, and I found myself doing this, and please learn from me. It's not worth the argument trying to prove how different you are to people that don't want to know. All you're reminding them is their own insecurities and their own reasons why they're still back where they are, and somehow you got out and you're over here. Don't bother. Don't waste your time. Don't do what I did. Don't waste a breath trying to fight them and tell them, I'm really Peter, I promise. Like, stop. Just stop. Keep moving. Keep it pushing. Duff the dust off of the floor mat and keep it pushing. So, last verse. 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. Hey, man, I know you know me as that person. I'm not that way anymore. If you want to get to go the new me, this is how you're going to teach me. This is how you're going to talk to me. And this is how you're going to treat me and my family. If not, we can go backwards, but you're going to be by yourself because I'm going that way. Amen? Amen. So, in closing... You are the light of the world to change the atmosphere. That next step for you is be that light so big that people just want to be around you. They're naturally gravitating towards you and what you've done and what you share so you can bring them in and invite them to be a person that can invite, especially in this season, night of Christmas, twisted, all the things we can do to easily bring guys to church. It's super easy, approachable in public, encouraging your teams and clubs, Distinguish that work and honoring in your family. It's really easy. It's really that easy to be that person. So I want to pray for two different groups of people. The first group I want to pray with are people that need a little more encouragement around this area. You're like, hey, I can think about that, but I really can't see how I would do that. We're going to pray for those people. Second people we're going to pray for are the people that don't know this light we're talking about. You don't know Jesus yet. You've heard of him. You heard he's a Jewish carpenter tonight. You didn't know that till tonight. And you're like, I don't know this Jesus you're talking about. How can I get a piece of that? We're going to pray for those guys too. And lastly, I'm going to pray for all of you to have an amazing and awesome Thanksgiving. Amen? All right. 
Thank you, Lord, for all the people in the room that need your encouragement, that need your love, that need your power to highlight the people in their lives in their different spheres and different walks of life, that you give them the power and encouragement to speak your word, speak your truth, and be the light in the places they're in, that there will be peace over their words and peace in their heart so they can extend that to all the people that come in touch with them. Let your aroma drip from them and let the people come close to them to get closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Second group, you don't have to raise your hand, but if this is new for you, you're like, this Jesus thing sounds different, I want to be a part of that, we're going to have a response lounge over here after church for people to come pray for you, give you a Bible, give you a book, and get you on the path. I told you we have resources in this church. You're not going to leave here the same as when you came in. So thank you, Lord, for these people that are meeting Jesus for the first time. Enter their lives right now. Show them the path that they should be on. Give them the peace and the joy to be a member of this church and a member of your family, that you be the father that they've never had, be the provider that they've never seen, and be the light for them so they can light up the world and the light that they go to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.